you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 164. Hi, guys. You're in for a treat, treat, treat today. I have my son, my strong-willed son, my formerly strong-willed son, who is now pretty much grown and flown, Alec. He is 23, going on 24, uh, on the podcast today. So fun. And for anybody that wants to see what he looks like, check out our social channels, Mastermind Parenting. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, We may even put this video out on YouTube just because I think it's fun. I think it's fun to see us together and see what he looks like. Um, He's the real reason that I have Mastermind Parenting and why I dug into learning new tools because he came to me and I didn't know how to help him be in a better mood. That's the bottom line. The bottom line was, was he was kind of cranky. And I was secretly determined, even though I didn't realize it, to give my kids the best childhood ever because I didn't have the best childhood ever. And, um, and so I really wanted to do it better and do it differently. And I needed to have little happy people so that it was kind of this, this uh, almost like a superficial validator. Like, see, you are getting it right. You win, you win, you win. I didn't know it at the time because I wasn't self-aware enough. I mean, I was 27 when I had Alec and I hadn't started digging into this whole process that I've been on, this ride that I've been on for the last, what, 25 years. Um, But anyway, Alec is in town. He came in town early for Thanksgiving and so we were hanging out and... I was telling him about, I don't, I don't know what he was talking about, but I was telling him about a coaching scenario yesterday with a mom in my group who I'm ha- I'm hearing this a lot right now is, you know, the vaccine was just approved for kids five to 12. And so now it's flu season and I always hear right around flu season or just periodically moms of sensitive kids saying like, like, what do I, how do I handle this shot situation? So we've coached on this a lot over the years. And right now that many people are taking their kids to get vaccinated, this is a very relevant issue, I think, for a lot of people. So it kind of just seemed like time was of the essence because I mean, I think I've coached three or four moms on this um, over the last week. 
And so I was telling Alec about it because he is a sensitive kid and it's an example of, he's an example of me doing it all wrong. And I was, I, I said, you know, basically I tell moms all the time, learn from my mistakes. Like if we can help, like if we can help you help your child in a much better way that I wasn't aware of, um, then it sort of like feels like me writing a wrong a little bit. And I said, I use you as an example all the time because I did it wrong. It's why you have a needle phobia. It's why you freak out about shots. It's why it's an issue. And um, if I can help another kid not to have to deal with that, you know, have that trauma, then I got to do that. And so I said, what? I said, would you record a podcast with me? He is not, you know, typically, he loves to listen to podcasts, but not mine, of course, not mine, Um, other podcasts. Uh, but he's never, he, he's never been one to be on the podcast. Like Avery's been on the podcast here and there. She doesn't really mind. And Corey's even been on the podcast, but Alec is much more behind the scenes. And so, uh, I was like, would you, I think it's going to help. I think it would help a lot of people. And he was like, okay. Um, he's got some free time. He was a little bored yesterday. Uh, he's, you know, he's kind of on a, little bit of a break right now. And, and so he was just like, yeah, all right. Kind of like, I have nothing better to do. So I was like, okay, let's meet up there in an hour. So anyway, we came up here really quickly to the podcast studio and we recorded this podcast about shots, about kids that resist shots, about the mistakes that I've made. Of course, we have to talk about dogs. The dogs were here in the studio with us. And, um, yeah, we just had a a little conversation about it. So I hope that this helps some of you guys. I hope that it helps you to not make the mistakes that I made. And hopefully it helps your kids to, um, get through something that can feel really overwhelming and really scary and, uh, and, and just teach them that they can do hard things and, that it's important to keep their bodies safe and healthy. And sometimes we have to lean into the hard to be responsible for our bodies. And um, this is not, I'm not here telling you that you're not being responsible if you're not vaccinating your kids. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm, this is a message geared for people who, whether you're vaccinating your kids against COVID or the flu or their well-checked vaccines. This is, I'm not taking a political stance here, even though I am very much pro-vaccination, but I have moms in my private community that have differing political views than me, have uh, a different stance on vaccinations. And frankly, uh, I don't believe that that's my business or my area of expertise. I stay in my own lane about it and make my own choices and don't force my my choices down anyone else's throat. So that is not what this podcast is about. This podcast is a hundred percent about supporting you, um, in supporting your child through something that can feel very scary and overwhelming and hard so that you don't, uh, leave them with trauma to heal from in the future like I did. So that's what I got. I'm here with Alec. They, there's people listening. Do I not? Do I, oh, I don't wave. I gotta. 
we're on video and we're in a little podcast studio and I just, Alex in town right now, he lives in Austin. And I just said to him, Hey, why don't you come over to the podcast studio and record with me, which he's never done before. He is my oldest child, 23 years old, going on 24 in a few months, college graduate, still in college though. Yes, in a graduate program. Yeah. Yeah. Proud of that, aren't you? I guess. Um, And he's in town, came in town for some doctor's appointments, in town through Thanksgiving. He's Cheryl's father. Yeah. Which. I don't know. I like her, but. Are you going to let her stay with us? Everyone likes having her in Austin, but I don't know. It's easier. It's been nice having her in Austin because I've been my shoulder's been hurt. So like I can't exercise or anything. So like the only time I get out of my apartment is to walk Cheryl and like hang out with her. So that's nice. But I think once I start exercising again it it might be like kind of annoying. I might want to bring her back. Because why? Because you feel guilty when you're exercising and you can't take her with you? Yeah, and when I exercise, I'm not as inclined to, like, walk five times a day. All right. But what about all the mo- – yeah, so we're that's our big dilemma is where is Cheryl living full-time? Because she's Alex's dog. Well, yeah, but, but as we- of now, I'd rather her live in my apartment than y'all's apartment. But once you're back in the house and she can hang out in the pool, then I would let her go back home. Yeah. And this is not a situation where – we're like, ugh, we're going to take responsibility for your dog. No, 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 no. <laughs> I feel pressure to leave her at home more than I feel pressure to have her myself. We're all so obsessed with her that we were hoping that he was going to – she's always going to be Alex's dog, but we were hoping that she was gonna, he was going to leave her with us. But she, he was saying because she has such a good life at the house with us, but now we had a water leak, so we had to move out of our house, and we're in an apartment too – and so now she's been going back to Austin with him, and we've all been a bit bummed about it. Uh, but she's nice to have around because you guys have Stella here, and, like, we don't have any dogs around. And it's nice to have a dog around oh, just to hang out. You mean you're saying that it's nice to have her? Yes, in Austin. Well, even if I we had Stella up there, it's just nice to have an animal around. I know. Like, even last year when Cheryl would go home and my – friends across the street have that cat paw it's just like nice to have an animal to keep you company sometimes. i know it changes the dynamic for sure animals with dog with human names are the best um so so yeah so alex in town we're recording so this is on video too maybe you guys i don't know where we're gonna release the video maybe on social media, little clips. We might put it on YouTube. We'll see. So for those of you who are wanting to see what Alec actually looks like, you can, can check look out at me on vid- Facebook. No, don't tell people to stalk you on Facebook. I don't have any pictures on Facebook, really. So. They're old, probably. Yeah. Anyway, I invited him because yesterday I was coaching a mom on her daughter getting a shot. And uh, she's getting the COVID vaccine now that it's been approved for kids 5 through 12. And um, and I was telling Alec, I said, you know, all the highly sensitive kids are 
the parents are having issues when it comes to getting shots, whether it's a flu vaccine, the COVID vaccine. And what did you say? Um, I mean, I definitely didn't want to get a vaccine, but I, it wasn't that I wanted to, I was more didn't want to get the vaccine because I was scared of getting the shot than because I don't like know what's inside of it or whatever. But I don't know. It What initially got me to do, go do it was just that you booked my appointment for me. Mm-hmm. And same thing for Jamie when she went to go get hers. Like it was someone had to book it for her. But uh, I don't know. When you're a kid, I think what helped me most, honestly, was when I went in. The doctor lady, I like immediately was like, I'm so scared of shots. I hate shots so much, (laughs) which she doesn't expect a 23 year old dude to come in and say, but she immediately was like, oh, me too. I like hate them so much. They're the worst. And then like, she's talking to you throughout it. And then every single time the shot is over, you think, why did I work myself up over that so much? And the second one I went in and it was no problem at all. It was Mm -hmm. the first one. And then it's like, I think a big thing is that you only get a shot like every year or two years Mm -hmm. or something like that. And so then like you're not used to the fact that it's like not a big deal at all. And -hmm. obviously there's like trauma in my brain that makes me like get overly worked up about it. But um, yeah, I think if... Well, I think the trauma in your brain, that's really kind well, of, the, yeah. I mean, that's what I i tell all my moms, don't make the mistake that I made because I didn't know how to handle it differently. Like I wasn't aware when you were five years old and needing to get your tonsils out that, um, that there was this whole gentle approach. All I heard from everyone, whether it was the old school parenting voice in my head to the doctors that were in my life, which is sometimes you just got to do things that you got to do. He needs to get his tonsils out. So he needs to get his blood drawn. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you know, brought him all the way down here to the hospital, to the medical center. He needs to get his blood drawn. He's not going to get the surgery if he doesn't get his blood drawn. It doesn't matter that he's five years old and freaking out and not understanding. Just hold him down or walk out of the room and let the medical professional professionals hold them down which is not the way to do it right which is what i I never held you down myself but i just but you let them i left the room yeah i left the room you don't want to watch me screaming and crying and then being like them being like this annoying ass kid just (laughs) (laughs) we're just gonna give them a shot and move on with our day you know what i just knew it was stressful and i was just like uh stressful it's stressful for everyone well i didn't know a gentler approach. I didn't know a better way. And I, I didn't have any advisors in my life saying, actually, you can help your kid through this hard thing by like the way I coached the mom yesterday is me sort of writing a wrong because I did it the wrong way. I didn't know how to do it the right way. And as a result, you've, we have the dogs here. There's Cheryl. For those of you watching the video, look how cute she is. She's a goblin. <laughs> um, she's a Frenchie for all the dog lovers out there. For all the listeners. Yeah. Stella, you want to come get on camera too? Stella? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Makes it more fun. See? 
all of a sudden the whole vibe just changed. Dogs, because dogs. Yeah, dogs are great to have around. They make the life more fun. Anyway, so that's my way of sort of righting the wrong is learn from my mistakes. Uh, Don't traumatize your kids so then they have a shot in needle phobia forever and they have to work themselves up and have all this anxiety. If you know how to do it better from the time they're little, then you can condition them to have the skill set of managing their mind, going in, knowing how to take deep breaths, knowing how to tell the person, I mean, kind of what you did, like admit to the person, be vulnerable and say, I'm really scared of shots. So it might just take me a few minutes. I just need to settle myself. It's better for me if yeah. I and close like if my they eyes. talk to you and stuff like that. That's what helps me the most is when they really talk to you, like while they're doing it and they're a nice person. Even now, like, yeah, I'll go get that COVID vaccine. But if someone tells me to go get my blood drawn, like I'll probably not do it unless I really, really need to. Mm-hmm. I went that one time when you guys made me and that was like two years ago. I haven't been back since, but it was a pleasant experience, honestly, because the guy was like talking to me the whole time and he was so nice. Well, the blood draw is a big one for you because that was the five-year-old trauma with from the tonsils. Yeah. Like the shot freaks me out, but I can go do it. It's the... It's just like this, the little, the area like right behind my elbow that freaks me out. And when I go in, it's like a weird association with that area. Right. And like I'll go in to get the blood drawn and I'll just be like, hey, can you put the needle in like right above that spot? It's the line. It's like it's weird that there's like a space that makes me really nauseous. But then if they put the needle literally a centimeter above it, I'm completely fine. So, like, that is, I mean, how can anyone deny that there's a mind-body connection? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm sure that is the exact spot. I I wouldn't know because I wasn't in the room because I just freaking bailed when you were five. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't even remember it. Right. You don't remember it, but you do remember it. Your subconscious remembers it because every time you're back in facing that trauma again. Even when I think about it right now, it makes my like stomach churn a little bit. Right. Like how can anyone deny the fact that your body, it's like there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And that's the whole idea. But what about when, remember when you were doing the tapping to help you with the needle phobia? Yeah, that helped a little bit. That was like, do they, do your listeners know about tapping at all? Um, I don't know. You can tell. It's kind of like a hypnotic approach to managing anxieties and stuff like that, where this lady, what was her name? Pooja. Pooja, like... So I don't think I'm very good at getting hypnotized because I've, like, tried to do it a couple times. Like, at BBYO growing up, they would have, like, the hypnotist come. But that's different. That's, that's, different. Di- that's different, but I think your mind can be susceptible to hypnotizing. And it can, um, like, for some people, it'll take more sessions versus some people, it'll only take, like, one or two. Mm-hmm. So I think I could have benefited from doing more sessions with Pooja. Mm-hmm. But... Um, basically what she did was like talk me through or she like we like outlined what the traumas were and then I like kind of closed my eyes and she had me like tapping on different pressure points around my body like um, 
I don't know, like in circles kind of like, well, it's, it's the, it's the acupressure points in it. Um, it's kind of like Eastern, it is, it's Eastern medicine and the technique for anybody interested is called EFT tapping. Um, and it's sort of like being able to do acupuncture on yourself. So remember, it's like eyebrow side of the eye, under the eye, nose, um, chin, collarbone. Yeah, collarbone and bra like, strap. Yeah, like under your armpit. And, then, and the whole time you're like re-saying a mantra to yourself, like I'm not scared of needles or like needles are of no harm to me. Mm-hmm. And that helped for yeah. like... I, we did that when I had to get my blood drawn for Accutane. Um, you know what really and, might help? You know what, what really might help is um, is there's another kind of therapy that that is a somatic experience therapy that is called EMDR that uses rapid eye movement. I've um, heard of that. Yeah. And so that it's like they go back into the event that caused the trauma and they um, – and they sort of like redefine it so that you're able to release that event and neutralize it. Mm-hmm. EMDR therapy might work for the shot and needle thing. Yeah, that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's annoying. I want to go get my blood drawn because there's like things that I want to check, but I can't bring myself to go actually do it i think you i think which is frustrating there's a lot of good therapists that do emdr there's not as many therapists that do eft tapping um i don't think it's as mainstream it's still kind of an emdr is not as mainstream no emdr is way more mainstream than than eft tapping yeah well it didn't work that well well it also depends I, i i freaking passed out and threw up when i went and got my blood drawn right after i mean the thing is is if you learn eft I mean, the neat thing about EFT is that you don't have to go to a therapist to do it. Like I have taught it to myself and released big traumas through EFT tapping. So it's a method that I believe in and works. And I like it as an instant gratification junkie because I've been able to do it on myself. But I just haven't found that many mainstream therapists that that do it. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. But I believe in it because I do it. I use it. It definitely ease my anxiety for a bit i remember after like thinking because like i just said i think to myself about getting my blood drawn makes my stomach a little uncomfortable but i remember right after i did that i like didn't have that feeling in my stomach and i was like i could go in and do this right now right but it just went away over time because i didn't keep it up yeah i fell out of it i guess um well and i so so yesterday this mom she had taken her daughter to get the to get the um, COVID shot two times and there had been a lot of drama and um, and the father, the parents are divorced and the father was there and he was saying what, you know, most people say, which is just hold And they went to Texas Children's. They didn't go to her pediatrician's office. So it wasn't anyone she knew. Texas Children was just, you know, churning them in, churning them out. Like they need to get the appointment done. So between the father and Texas children, they were like, just hold her down. And thank goodness the mom who's been a mastermind mom for a long time, she knew better than that. And she was like, no, we're not doing that. Like, she, cause I've told them these stories about you ad nauseum. Like you guys do not traumatize your kids. It's better to leave the doctor's office, not get the shot and take some time to help your kid develop the skills so that they have the courage and you go and you sit next to them and you're take a more gentle approach 
where you don't have to cause years and years and years of trauma because you're in a hurry to knock this off your to-do list. Like it might take longer, you have a highly sensitive kid and, um, and you don't need to traumatize them. So she had already known that. So now they've tried twice. And the second time they were in the pediatrician's office for an hour, they did numbing cream, all the things. And after an hour, the nurse is like, um, bye. Like, you got to leave. Like, I got. It's frustrating. I'm sure. I probably would get frustrated if I was the parent. Well, and the mom and afterwards and the child, you know, because the mom and the child have a really good relationship and the child's you know really was like I really wanted to I'm so sorry she was crying she was upset she felt like she disappointed her mom and mom was legitimately frustrated and I said exactly what you just said like you're a human you're not supposed to be mother Teresa here like for you to say to your kid I'm not going to force you to do anything but now we've taken a second time out of the schedule and come down here and it didn't happen and i'm a little annoyed like you know this yeah, is and i bet you next time you go in the girl get her shot well maybe not because the girl really wanted to do it but she just couldn't and this is what i said to mom i said look i am a full you know grown adult obviously hopefully with a fully developed brain and when i was just in portugal hopefully Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was just in Portugal and I had to get that freaking COVID swab up to the brain. like Oh, my God. I mean, and we went and we had to do it at the Portuguese hospital. And these ladies, they didn't even they didn't speak English. And I was like asking them if they do just like the surface one like we do here. And they were like, no, we do the deep one. And so then and I was scared. I didn't want it. It makes me squeamish. The same feeling in the stomach. Like I that swab. It makes me cringe. It's the worst. They shove it up in your brain. Ugh, it's, it's just disgusting. I, I like makes me cringe and I can't. And so when I was in the moment and they were like, nope, this is what we do. And I felt I like. I was like, I don't under. Then I got mad, so mm-hmm. so I started blaming. So I'm like, I don't understand why we have these surface ones that test just as well. Why y'all are still using? So then I start getting all argumentative, and and they didn't even speak English. They're just and so then Dad started getting embarrassed, <laughs> and he's like, um, "Okay, you have tears in your eyes, and now these ladies are laughing at you." And I was like, I don't care. I don't understand why they have to do it this way. And um, and so then my brain started going to, how can I get out of this? Maybe, maybe I can just talk my way out of it at the. And then I re- thought of all the people who've gotten turned away from flying home because they didn't have the right test. So I knew that wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, I'm backed into a corner. I'm gonna have to find the courage to do it. So. I was like, fine, okay, I'll do it. And then I I was like, I'm just, I, I just get really squeamish. I don't want to do it. So when I went, this one lady took pity on me and she was nice. Exactly that. Like when the people are patient and then they start talking to you and they take your mind off of it. So she took me to the person that was going to actually conduct the test. And they were like super sweet and gentle. And they were like, it's going to be okay. We'll do it so quick. They were reassuring me. And so once they were reassuring me and I got out of that state of panic, then I remembered my skills, which is the deep inhale and a very slow um, exhale while imagining 
um, something else and thinking about something else. And I also had heard if you exhale kind of harder, it makes it less uncomfortable. So I also knew I had that tool in my back pocket. So I'm remembering all those tools and I was able to get through it. And what I, and I said to the mom yesterday, I said, you know, you have to think this is, you know, an eight-year-old. She doesn't have a fully developed thinking brain. She doesn't have the skill set. So she needs extra patience. And, um, and so let's talk you about. You think for her. Well, I said. Suggest well, some ideas for her to manage her own anxiety. But not in the moment when she's anxious and she thinks she's yeah, going to. beforehand. Because you can't think when you're anxious. Your mind is all jumbled. It's right. Better to, before you go in. Non-relevant Start time. doing the. Yeah. In through the nose, out through the mouth. And then, like, I like to pinch my leg when I'm dealing with pain. Mm-hmm. That always, because it's just like redirecting your focus from one pain to another pain. And realistically, the pain in your that you pinch yourself with is going to be 10 times worse than the shot pain. And they'll recognize that immediately after. So that's a good tactic. Did you learn that or you just figured it that's out? That's just something that I do. <laughs> pinch myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what, having tools that you can pull from. And and so this mom, I said, but in the meantime, just surrender to if it's not going to happen, but also have some boundaries and have a plan. I said, so afterwards, you don't shame her. You don't blame her. You can say, I'm annoyed because we, you know, it didn't happen again. Like you can be honest. I'm not annoyed with you. I'm just annoyed that now we've got to make another appointment and go back because that's legit. I said, but you can also have boundaries around because she was like wanting to, she was like, do I take away all technology? Do I do this? Do I do that? I said, okay, so it would be legitimate for you to think about. So here's the deal. You're not going anywhere unmasked. You're going to and from school masked from now on, and there's no extracurriculars. So going to your brother's football game, not an option until you're vaccinated. Um, Going other places, like we will hire a babysitter. So until you're, you know, you, you're able to find the courage and go through with it and get your, and, and get yourself. Kind of show that we're not just getting this shot for no reason. We're getting the shot because it's, making us safer and all that stuff however you want to look at it and so it's not just like like i remember when i would get flu shots when i was younger it was like why am i getting the flu shot i never get the flu or when i do it's like not that bad and because you always got the flu shot so it was (laughs) yeah but either way you're not connecting this immediate pain with the overall picture of why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And so once that's connected, then I think it makes more sense. Kids need to know the why. Yeah. We're Kids- not just getting a shot to get a shot. We're getting a shot so that grandma doesn't die from COVID. Right. Right. And um, and we don't know, you know, whatever. We have to connect the why and, um, and treat kids with respect, right? Like that that they deserve to know the why yeah. we don't just we don't just tell them you just have to do this just because we need to like speak and to them on their terms and explain it and let them understand it and so I said but you can also have boundaries like I'm gonna put we're gonna try it again we're staying we're 15 minutes if in 15 minutes it's not the day 
you you don't you decide that you know you're not feeling brave enough to do it that day then we're leaving and it'll be to and from school with a mask no extracurriculars until you're able to be responsible and keep your body safe with the vaccine so we'll just keep doing it until you're finding the courage and i'm happy to talk to you about some things that help me lean into hard moments and do hard things and find my courage when I'm feeling scared too. Right. And so, and so really taking the time, it's a process. And I said, um, which sounds like a big freaking pain in the ass, but if you can, uh, if it can be short term pain, the pain in the ass pain of now for long-term gain, which is not traumatizing your kid and having them have to deal with a needle phobia when they're 23 years old. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Do you think it's, beneficial to like offer incentives like you go get the covid vaccine we'll get ice cream after (laughs) um so i'm kind of anti-bribing yeah but i was thinking about it and i I don't know if that would be beneficial or not well because what the kid's gonna say is that sounds good that sounds good but the bribe of the ice cream later a lot isn't gonna take away a genuine fear in the moment yeah. And if you if you bribe them with the ice cream and they do it for the ice cream because they really weren't that scared in the first place, they were just being defiant. Um, what ends up happening is, is that then they're like, well, what am, what are you going to get me give me if I do this thing? And what are you going to give me? Yeah. And then it just becomes like a, a kid that is constantly asking you what's in it for me instead of feeling the intrinsic, you know, reward of. Look at you. You were so, you know, after the fact. Conquered your fear. Yeah, you conquered your fear. That was hard. You were scared. You're just a little kid. You know, you didn't know what to expect. You didn't know it was going to be such a quick shot. You were scared and you were courageous and you did it today. I have an idea. Should we go celebrate and get some ice cream? You know, should we have ice cream dinner tonight? that's good. I like that. Right. So you celebrate. You don't hold it as a carrot. You let them experience the intrinsic reward inside, and then you celebrate the courage. So then you reinforce the courage. Yeah, positive reinforcement. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. All right. Alec is getting really bored by this conversation. He's yawning a lot. I'm a little hungry, honestly. (laughs) But, Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay, good. Thanks for coming and talking. I think this is going to help. I think a lot of parents, I've had over the years, a lot of parents of sensitive kids ask me what to do because their kids are refusing to get flu vaccines or shots or things like that. Yeah. I mean, hope this helped. <laughs> you were going to say something before I, I wasn't going to say anything. I don't know. How long are your podcasts usually? I don't know. They It depends. Most of the time, they're 20 to 30 minutes, but sometimes really? they're a little longer. Listen to the blabbermouth out there. Who is that? I know who it is, but I'm not going to say it on the podcast because he might be a listener. Um, okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope this helps. Bye. Thanks for listening today, guys. I hope you picked up some tips, tools, maybe some baby steps for creating more balance and boundaries in your life. And I just wanted to let you know, if you want to continue moving the needle forward in creating this for yourself, having a happier household, I want you to go to my website and check out mastermindparenting.com. We have three beginning programs. And if you need some accountability and more support, then please look for the one that would be a good fit for you. 
Um, and as always, we're on all the social channels under Mastermind Parenting. On Instagram, it's Mastermind underscore Parenting. Um, and, you know, periodically I do pop up on different Instagram lives, Facebook lives, where I give you teaching and coaching, and I love engaging with you live to help you help your strong-willed kids so that they can feel better because when they feel better, they do better. And, um, I love, love, love getting to know you guys. So thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Super, super appreciative.